Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. No, we're not at the new studio yet, but this is the living room. We're working on that. We just started unpacking here a couple of days ago. Of course, I'm Mike Ricksecker, author and ghost story. And with me is Shauna, the chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole, and also my life partner, love of my life. And this is the first time you've been live on Inside the Upside Down. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot different. Yeah, yeah. So she's. I guess finally realizing all the hazards, the safety hazards of the setup. Just walking around <laughs> in the living room is a hazard. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's stuff everywhere, literally everywhere. And that's not including all the things that we're trying to unpack. <laughs> so what we're gonna be talking about tonight are lost cemeteries or cemeteries lost, whichever way you wanna put it. Um, I've been lost to time either through some sort of you know, government reclamation that has decided to take over the cemetery and make it into a park or something else, um, or that have just been forgotten about and become overgrown. So we're gonna uh, go through a few examples and just kind of hit up the topic. It's a sad topic, you know? And so this was really inspired by just, it was kind of a foobard live investigation that we tried to do where we were at the uh, Cheney Mansion uh, down here in Jerseyville. Uh, it was a paranormal investigation that we attempted to go live from. We had a very, very poor connection, and yeah, we, we had to cut that short. And we were basically kind of stuck there in the doctor's room, which we knew there was nothing going on in there, but the other place we wanted to go to had some other people that were investigating. And so there's a $10 super chat from Tom McNicholas. Thank you very much. He says, see you both at Spook Show. Yes, we will be at Spook Show uh, this coming weekend. So check that out, August 3rd and 4th. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. So, yeah, so we just decided, okay, we'll, we'll film some footage here and we're gonna release that video later. And then I noticed that there was a big land plat book that was sitting right there on the one table and we, we loved maps and old land plats and research. And so just taking a look at it, discovered that, hey, in Jerseyville here, back behind the Cheney Mansion is what's called an old graveyard. And we didn't know anything about it. You know, what the heck? There's an old graveyard back there? We didn't know. Um, so I have a little uh, clip here because we knew of a bigger uh, cemetery that was there in Jerseyville and didn't know anything of this smaller one. And here's us kind of going through, comparing with uh, Google Maps, uh, the layout with the town as it is today. Interesting thing here is, okay, the other side of Jefferson Street, you showed this Cheney's edition, which is no longer there. And then the old graveyard says Lions Club City Park. So that's where the city park is now. That's where the city park is now. So what happened to the stones and the bodies? What happened to the gravestones? Are they in the park? So is there a cemetery now in the park somewhere? Did uh, they? 
because you see the shape of this street here? Mm -hmm. That is the shape of the street there, so that hasn't changed. So the old graveyard, because there's some lots here, which would be the gray space there, but that old graveyard is in that green spot right there. Okay. So that's the, uh, the clip there of us just kind of discovering that this cemetery that's on the old map is not there now. So we did a little searching around. Because where did it go? Yeah. So we went there this past weekend, and I think we found out a few things about it. It was a very enlightening experience, so to speak. <laughs> so... We went down there. We got a few more photos for you. So this is the memorial. Now, they did set up a memorial for the people in the back corner of the cemetery. And on the other side are names. And kind of, you can't see all the stuff that's back there. You, you see, like, this swath of land, and it goes up a hill. And then there's, uh, what is it, basketball courts? Um, there's children playing back there in a playset, you know, but the bodies are still here. Candy Orton saying Shauna needs her own mic. I know, I know, it's on order. <laughs> um, so, you know, Shauna, I mean, what were your feelings when you saw this memorial out there in, in the back corner? I mean, it's very disrespectful because in a nutshell, what happened was they just said, hey, we want this here instead. So let's just move the stones and leave the bodies, you know? Yeah, it's just it's just a park now. Um, you know, and it's... Yeah, they put up a memorial, but, you know, it's... You know, we found out that the headstones were used as pavers for the sidewalk, which have now been paved over. So, you know, they, they made it like, I, I don't know, it's, it's like, okay, you know, we don't, while they came up with this memorial, say, yeah, these are pioneers, they just, to me, it's an extreme disservice. You know, I'm trying to find the words here, stumbling along, but to me, it's an extreme disservice. It's very disrespectful to, you know, those that are actually buried there. They didn't move the bodies. They're still out there. Yeah, they're, they're still there, and I think... Uh, yeah, and then, as you said, you know, to add insult to injury, they took some of the, you know, headstones and used them as stepping stones. And then, I guess, uh, there was also someone buried out there that uh, was involved with the Pony Express. Right, too. yeah. You know, so not just, you know, random people, I guess. There were some, you know, bigger names, too, buried out there. And so definitely worth researching uh some more you know to maybe you know give some of those people you know the, the respect that they deserve obviously they didn't get it you know considering you know how things how things happened so maybe we can provide that yeah yeah b3 airspace saying we look good on screen together by the way <laughs> oh thank you um yeah so yeah, they did things like originally the, um, the basketball court was a swimming pool and they only dug it so deep 
because they didn't want to hit any of the bodies. So they had a shallow pool. <clears throat> and we found this out from Carol from Cheney Mansion. Um, and then it cracked. <laughs> so the pool cracked. I don't know how much water kind of seeped down into the graves after that. Right. And then uh, they decided to fill it in and <clears throat> people are now playing basketball over the top of them. So, um, Sean is saying your volume's soft. And here. <laughs> yeah. We're trying here. I, we have one microphone for I have an the two of us right now. voice and Mike does not. That's true. <laughs> I'm a bit loud. So, um, and there's a $10 super chat from Andrew Cox, Shenanigator TV, LOL. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, we weren't done there, though, just walking around. There are some things that we discovered about this place, and we'll get into, you know, some others and kind of talk about, you know, this, I don't know, it's almost like a phenomenon of, you know, of cemeteries here. So, we found this stone here. That's the base of a tree up at the top. I tried to, you know, zoom in as, as much as I could, but I'll also try to give you some of the context of it. <clears throat> and you can see toward the uh the left side and all the way over on the right there's these two grooved lines that are definitely um made by human hands because of how straight they are and they're actually uh parallel with each other so i mean it's possible this could have been a stone i think it's probably more likely a, a base to a stone that had been there um I, they probably did not get all of the headstones when they remove them because you know over time you know things sink and headstones get lost to um to the earth which um is, is nothing new when it comes to cemeteries so here's one that probably this tree the roots of the tree are probably pushing up and so there's stuff that's still out there um and then there was this and we're kind of we're kind of maybe of differing opinions on this but because it does feel like a stone when you it sounds like a stone but when you look at it okay it doesn't exactly look like one you know it's got a the back of it here is, is hollowed out a little bit and it's dark so it looks like and, and it's kind of porous too i don't know how much you guys can see there but it's kind of and this has no autofocus right so but it's kind of porous in here as well so it kind of looks like a bone fragment and this might be where you know some marrow was or what have you but it has the look and feel of stone so and i know that was your first inclination was you know it's stone yeah i was like that's a rock <laughs> right you know, that's a rock i could be wrong <clears throat> um you know and i'm just going basically off of looks and you know i'm no um I'm no expert on these matters, you know, even though of all the, you know, book research I've done, you know, I, I've rarely held, you know, bones in my hand. Well, but, plenty of rocks in my hand. But, but it know. was near the site. It was right near that stone that we found, yeah. So, you know, given the context of where we found this, you know, it very well could be a bone fragment. So, and Pamela's saying, yeah, bone, yeah, so... We're going to get this analyzed. Um, we'll head to our, I guess, you know, what will be a local place around here? One of the colleges, right? Either one of the colleges or um, there's an archaeology department yeah. in my hometown. So 
um, that would that would be where I would personally start. We could try that. And go right to them. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get we'll get that checked out. But you know, kind of, you know, just you know, extremely sad thinking. Okay, you know they. You know, they wiped out the cemetery, put a park on it, put a little memorial in the back to make people think all the bodies were back there. And this was as we're coming up to the um, to the basketball court. You know, there's a stone that's coming up out of the ground in a possible bone fragment, you know. So um, uh, Pamela Rennie saying old bone looks like dirt colored porous pottery like. So what do you think? So it is. You can kind of see in here where it's porous, and then that's the backside. So I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. So um, Robert White is asking, makes you wonder if the area is haunted because of that? What do you think? I mean, I I wouldn't mind going there to try to feel the place out at night, only because there were so many kids and so many adults and it's like right there in the middle of town and and it's just really loud um so yeah i I wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind trying to feel the place out when it's not so busy yeah definitely um i guess we probably could because i've talked um what was it carol that mentioned uh, occasional um nighttime tours or whatever that they would do out there and then, but they had to get special permission and let the cops know and all that. So well, I know not opposed to that. I know a police officer in the Jerseyville Police Department, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. Well, there you go. And he likes paranormal too. Well, that's good. So let's let's get the hookup. Yeah. So all right. so I'll be talking to him. All right. There we go. Um, and Sean Oldsmith saying, "Do you find lost cemeteries have more activity than newer ones?" Um, that's a tough question because while and you might have a different opinion, but while cemeteries can be haunted, I don't think that they're natively haunted. Like, I don't think the spirits of deceased people are just hanging around because they want to be near their body. I think that they come back to cemeteries occasionally for different reasons, like, um, you know, maybe a a loved one has just recently passed away. They want to attend the funeral, or maybe a loved one has come to visit their grave, and you know they want to come see them. Um, you know, or I think there's times where, yeah, you know, disrespect people. I, I think that the spirits are aware of when people are there, you know, disrespecting, you know, their grave or maybe the graves of you know their loved ones. And I also think that they you know, know when people are kind of calling out to them. And so, you know, they might go and see, hey, who's, you know, who's looking for me? So what do you think? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, well, I, I didn't personally feel anything, you know, that day. And then there's another one um, where I have some family buried that's been just kind of lost to time, to nature, to neglect, uh, I really didn't feel anything there either, and and I usually almost always feel something um, whenever I go to cemeteries. So, you know, it's kind of a toss-up for me because I think, you know, a lost cemetery, you know, is one that you know, you know, like like Mike, I really don't think spirits hang out with their remains. I think they visit if they have a reason to. Well, if it's a lost, you know, 
a lost site and you know there's nobody coming to visit it then what reason would anybody have to be there so that could be why I haven't really felt much at those types of places um, but I've really only been to you know a couple of them that you know that I know of uh, Jerseyville you know well there's no really no stones there so I mean <laughs> um, but yeah so I don't know I would take exploring more places like that to be able to make an educated um, opinion and thanks for the uh, hearts down there in Periscope. Looks like Lens is uh, giving us some love down there. Thank you very much for that. Um, and so Tom is asking, I'm not doing the questions in order. I'm just kind of doing it relevance to the conversation. There's some good ones in here we'll get to here in a minute. Um, if the bone, if it is bone, if this is bone, will we, we replace it? Um, yes, but I'm not going to go there and dig a hole and stick it in there because... I mean, I'm not going to be able to, probably not going to be able to dig anything deep enough that would keep it to where it's supposed to belong and probably just rise to the top again. So I think we would probably have to find an authority down there, you know, say, hey, we found it near this stone that looks like it's coming up. This needs to go with whatever bodies down there. Except for probably nobody really wants to admit yeah. that there's any bodies. Like, hey, <laughs> you know. That's probably true. They're, they're probably going <laughs> to... They're probably not going to like it. No. But I think that would be the right thing to do is, hey, this this is, you know, belongs to, I mean, one of those names on that monument, it needs to go back to that person. But, you know? but where is that person? Near that stone, I guess. I don't know which side. I mean, I guess as long as the effort is there. Uh, yeah. You know, the effort is made. It's the thought that counts. You know, we're so. trying to put it back, which is more respectful of you know an action than the way that that entire you know cemetery was treated so yeah i'd be cool having a little ceremony for it too okay yeah. you know yeah so um uh from sean do you think taking the bone would upset the dead um that's a it's a legit question i think our intent behind it would not i think it's probably more upsetting that it would be sitting there you know on the ground getting kicked around um probably getting hit by the lawnmower it looks like <laughs> maybe a couple times here um you know because of you know let's say this okay so i pick up the bone and joe gets alerted that i've picked up his bone okay so he comes and he's like what's going on with my remains he's seen shauna and i standing there talking about it and you know what our intention would be you know upon finding the bone and you'd be like okay well if that's what they you know end up wanting to do with it cool I, I think yeah I I think maybe you know spirits have I think they I think they possess a different type of abilities than you know we do um, you know I think it's like a next you know level up so I think maybe Maybe they might be able to kind of, you know, sense our thoughts. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question, though. Yeah. Um, I, if this was a horror movie, I'm sure that there would be, like, some demon attached to this right now. <laughs> it, but, you know, we probably would already have had shit flying around the room, so, <laughs> which hasn't happened. 
So go figure that. Um, so this was a good question from Tammy Heitzman. Do you know if it's mandatory mandatory to digitally and or hard copy catalog every gravesite nowadays? So yeah, for new for new web uh, new websites for new gravesites, yes. Um, it's definitely mandatory to you know catalog. Okay, we're burying somebody here in this plot and, and all that. Um, of course, not back in the day, and not everything has to be put up onto you know find a grave. So that, that's find a grave's job to put it on the, their website um, and other sites like that. But yeah, they have to keep track of all that stuff nowadays. So, you know, and in the past they they tried to. Um, especially like at churches, you know, like church graveyards, a lot of those records were um, were taken and kept, um, but then others weren't, so <laughs> it makes it tough. Um, uh, Betty asks, are you going to write a newspaper article to tell about your finding? Um, well, I'll definitely, I don't know why I'm copying that, I just read it off. Um, I'll definitely write about it if it's, you know, if it is a bone fragment, I think, yeah, the newspapers would probably be interested in that. I'm sure the city of Jerseyville would <laughs> would be thrilled that we're bringing some light to the terrible deed. I mean, yeah, there's a park, you know. Places need parks, you know, but that's not the only park. No, you know, isn't... Could they have put it somewhere else? Yeah, it wasn't the only piece of land around there. No, it probably wasn't the only piece of land then. You know, so I, I don't even know. I wasn't even, I wasn't around back then. So I don't know, you know, but I would love to find out, you know, what other empty plots of land, you know, there were at the time. Be like, why couldn't they put it here? Right. You know, because if there's another spot to put it and they just chose that one. It was probably convenient for the powers that be to just walk there. Probably what the deal was. Yeah, so, I mean, those same, you know, city officials are not going to be around anymore, you know, but. Yep. Okay, so also from Tammy, do you think cemeteries could be haunted partially because so much time and energy was spent with that physical form, even when it changes through time? There's always a connection. Um, I, I've kind of held on to that. I think that would be the case with narcissists. I I think that for most people that when they break free of the physical form, I, I think there's kind of a realization that we've had many different physical forms and that was just a temporary vessel for our spirit and what's what really counts is the spirit and not the physical form. So I, I think that bond breaks for most people, but I think narcissists would be like, oh, I had such a beautiful body. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I don't even know. I... <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, so, uh, per Robert, do you think if it's a bone of a human that there's a spirit attached to it like a haunted object? So that's yeah, kind of what I was mentioning before. There was that if there was, you know, something attached to it, uh, I, I think, it, you know, this isn't a horror movie, so stuff isn't, you know, flying around yet. I think we would have kind of already made its presence known yeah there's i haven't felt anything yeah. here so and i'm not i'm not sad about it 
So, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind going to haunted locations, but I don't want it to come to me. Right. So. So, and it's been since Saturday. So, it's been, what, four days now. So, all right. So, let's move on to another um, location here. And this is moving more from, um, you know, ones that have been obliterated into ones that have been forgotten. So this is Schumann Cemetery. This is near Shama's old hometown. And it's just obviously neglected. You know, everything's, you know, grown up. There's headstones that are knocked over. It's unkempt. Um, Shana, I know that your dad and some of the older folk around there, you know, worked on it for a while. But, you know, they got older. And the, the younger crowd just um, isn't doing anything with it. So... You know, there's all these beautiful headstones that are back there, you know, families, and I guess you're related to some of them as well, yeah. that, you know, are just now forgotten and lost in the woods. Yeah, it, my dad used to be one of the ones that went up there to kind of pull weeds and, um, you know, try to keep the area cleaned up and so that you could read the stones and any of them that weren't, you know, where the names weren't worn off, but... It used to, and it's pretty good sized. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't even know. Like by the time I got to see it for the first time, I was uh, younger. And my dad used to uh, go hunting up in the woods, which is where it was at. And, you know, it was not that in that good of shape then. So, uh, but then a friend of mine that works for the archaeology department also used to have a group. Um, that used to go up there and um, do, you know, clean it up, you know, pull weeds and move, you know, debris and brush and pick up trash and, and all that stuff. And the only people, you know, that can get up there now, uh, the younger, you know, generation uh, just has no interest in doing it. So, you know, they're going up there to hunt. You know, but they're not going up there, you know, to do anything with the cemetery. So, yeah, it's in it's in horrible shape. Um, you wouldn't even know, you know, what it is, and unless you're just right up on it, you know. So, and some of those stones are old. Yeah, like really old. old, and they're beautiful too. Yeah, just needs a little love, you know. <laughs> you know, and where it was set up, you know, I can see. I can see the intent, and the intent was great. You know, it's up there on the bluff, and it overlooks the river. So for a final resting place, if you just knock down some of that shrubbery that's grown up over the years, and it would be just this fantastic, almost like majestic view of the Illinois River from up there. I don't know how so. they got bodies up there. Well, um, the area has, you know, nature has definitely made it very difficult to get up in there because they used there used to be a you know a fairly nice you know path to get up there um now it's a hell of a hike <laughs> and um it whatever way you come at it so you know obviously it's no longer being used anymore but the view must have been wonderful yeah so and it's just it's just sad to see it overgrown inaccessible really i mean you have to actually go through some private property to get up there which yeah, yeah. like a couple of times over you have to cross one property to get up to the other property and then there's you know some other you know really nice 
there's some other nice stuff up there also, and that belongs to yet somebody else. So, yeah, so it's definitely a bit out of the way to get to, but you know, again, just sad that they didn't keep up on it, and it's gonna get forgotten because oh, yeah. this this generation, you know, has no interest in it. So once the older generation is gone, you have another, you know, younger generation that has no interest in it. I mean, yeah, so that's it. it just takes one generation, and it's there. You go. So, um, yeah, and speaking of just forgotten ones, you know, something I forgot to put in here for a slide, it's back in Jerseyville, was over by that church that's there. It's a, I guess it's a real church, and they brought it in from somewhere because they have like a whole historic area set up. But they placed some headstones in there from farmer's fields where they're plowing the field, and they just, boom, they hit a headstone. So you want to talk about forgotten graves. Right. You know. Um, you know, who knows, you know, who's buried out in some of those, you know, old fields. So, um, so what we also have here, because I know when we talked about it the other day, <clears throat> people were talking about the cemetery in Denver. So we'll talk about that. So Lynn's 3 a.m. What are you talking about? So is that, I don't know what you're talking about, 3 a.m. <laughs> um, okay. Um, down at Periscope. <laughs> um, so a lot of people are talking about Denver. So that's a, that's a well-known one uh, because it is supposed to be quite haunted. I know um, uh, one or two of the shows have gone out there and done something with that. So I thought we would go ahead and talk about that cemetery a little bit. And um, so, oops, it didn't come up. There it is. So this is... A photo of what it used to look like. So this was back in the, um, well, it was the late 1800s when they were finally um, removing it. But it had been around there basically basically since the incarnation of Denver. Um, you know, that when the town was founded, um, oh, what's the uh, little bit of information I have here on there? So, um yeah, so the first man buried there was in 1859. Um, you know, there's an old legend about the first man that was supposed to be hung. It was actually Abraham Kay who died after a lung infection. So 1859. And then it went through like a series of, you know, certain sections were divided out for certain religions. And, you know, there, there was a lot of people that were put in here. But it also... Um, once it ended up in the hands of the city, it fell to neglect. And it got to, I mean, you can even see here, you know, there's this, it's, you know, shrubs are growing up and it's, it's looking kind of unkempt even in here. So they just were not keeping up with it very well. And so a lot of the citizens said, you know, that's kind of an eyesore to the city. So let's turn it into a park. And they did try to uh to move the bodies so like because they had all these different divided areas like the catholics came in and they got their bodies um in some other different religious sects i guess that even the there's a chinese section and they were pulling bodies out of there and a lot of them ended up back in china um but to expedite some of the areas that weren't claimed by any specific religion that was kind of the more the quote-unquote protestant area they hired a guy to go in there and 
dig up the graves and he got you know a certain you know percentage or dollar amount per grave well to um that, that adam tillery sending me a message that's what the buzz was mm-hmm. um he's i just missed it but he was talking about another uh cemetery there thank you adam <laughs> <laughs> buzz um it's kind of loud because i have periscope on, the, on there but in any case um yeah, so to cut his costs, he was using uh, child-sized caskets. So smaller caskets that cost, you know, less to make. And then he was hacking up the bodies as he was, grab- as he was grabbing them out of the grave. So, you know, body parts got mixed up. Body parts got, you know, strewn about the ground. It was an absolute freaking mess. So they, ha- they halted that after this atrocity that this guy committed. Um, and for years they sectioned off that part of the cemetery where he was working and there was like open graves and just, you know, all kinds of craziness, um, there for a couple of years until they finally decided, okay, we're, we're going to level this place out now and bring in the bulldozers and whatever else they used back then, late 1800s, early 1900s. And this is what it looks like today. Um, totally you know glazed over nice field they have a pavilion there and and all this stuff um there are approximately two thousand bodies that are still there so um, it's supposed to be extremely haunted so people go there and experience all kinds of crazy things at night um so (laughs) petty Betty's saying, don't buy a headstone when you die seems to be a clue (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well at least in you know some places huh so what happened to that guy? So that guy? Um, that's a good question. So did someone come and like institutionalize him or hand him his ass? Because I know that's what I would have done. Right. If I'd have been family of anybody he caught up. Yeah. Well, let's see. So they had ninety days to, re- to remove the remains, um, and this is the guy E. P. McGovern um, was. Um, was contracted to remove the remains in 1893. He was to provide a fresh box for each body and transfer it to Riverside Cemetery at a cost of 190 each. Um, for the first few days, the transfer was orderly. Uh, however, this is where he got into the child-sized caskets, hacked up the bodies. Um, when the Denver Republican got a hold of the story's headline proclaimed on March 19, 1893, the work of ghouls. Um, so it described what happened. Um, yeah, all were trampled to the ground by footsteps of grave digs, diggers, like rejected junk, broken coffins. Uh, health commissioner began an investigation and terminated the contract. Doesn't say what happened to him. They just terminated the contract. This ass should this ass should have gone to jail for that. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 That's. Yeah, that's that's one of the it's one of the worst ones out there. I mean, seriously, um, the Denver and, and a lot of people talk about that. I mean, it has gotten a lot of uh, fame because of the haunts there and that there are so many bodies there. Um, but it's one of many. It's one of many. You know, um, there's a lot of these cemeteries that are out there that you know have been. You know, we see here in Jerseyville, there's Denver. There's a lot of them around. I've heard, um, we're going to get into Philadelphia here in a little bit, but I've uh, recently heard of one um, 
that a bridge goes over in Philadelphia. So what did Adam say here? Because um, he was Mr. Tillery. <laughs> um, so Adam says, at the Rock of Cashel in Cashel, Ireland, they use mm. old broken tombstones to help restore the old cathedral. Yeah, okay. Well, and there's... Um, well, and there's the British troops um, during the Revolutionary War that, where was it? It was in um, it was in Connecticut, where they used the headstones as, you know, a barrier so that they could, you know, shoot from behind. They used it as, as part of their defense, the old headstones. So crazy stuff like that. Um, so fungi, fungi, what, what's recycling? I guess I missed the whole thing. Um, what experiences do people report in that park? So, like getting pushed, pulled, prodded, um, that sort of stuff. Um, people have seen apparitions walking around. So, I mean, it could say like, you know, typical kind of hauntings. I've heard of people camping out there and, you know, getting spooked. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of... Campers spooked themselves anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't really camp out in a cemetery anyway. But... Um, yeah, could be half, you know, something actually happening to them, and it could be just I'm staying all night in a cemetery, which is, you know, that's kind of creepy anyway, so. Yeah. What I would spend the night in a cemetery. I mean, I would be there, you know, but I'm not going to go to sleep in one. I close my eyes in a cemetery. This is an interesting question. So, from Scott Shablau, they say in a hundred years, no one will know you lived. How long should someone take care of where you rest? I mean, he makes a good point. You know, a couple generations go by, and you you lose that connection. Um, so, like, you know, I hear stories about my great-grandparents, but I never met them. Um... I've been to their graves. So there's like, that's kind of almost the most distant connection I have. It's like, there's their graves. There's, you know, some graves of some great aunts and uncles. My grandparents are now there. Um, but like prior to that, the great, great grandparents, um, only because I like doing historic research in genealogy and all of that stuff, do I really know much about them. But the average person, they have no connection. I mean, maybe it would be better to be cremated at that point. But then who carries around your urn for all those years? After after your children, maybe your grandchildren? You know, who's going to be carrying around great-grandma's urn? You know, willing it to the next generation, to the next, <laughs> to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it also depends on the culture, too. So, like, we don't have in our culture, like, like Chinese culture, where, you know, they, you know, seriously revere their ancestors and you know pray to the ancestors for guidance so you know they have you know temples and shrines you know where all their ancestors for hundreds of years are so but that's in their culture we don't really have that here so you know so it's a great question you know um because you know we go to a lot of cemeteries and we've kind of noticed that you know people get forgotten 
you know, graves become unkempt. Yeah, there's some that you can't even tell who it is, you know, because the the writing's like worn away, and it's just a stone, you know, there at that point. And who is it? No idea, you know, unless unless you go and someone's kept record of it, you know, would you find out who's even there? Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of them where, you know, there are the stones like fallen or been knocked off or moved to another, you know, location. Um, Summit Grove Cemetery in Campsville. Uh, I was walking along and there was a stone that was light enough for me to lift up. Um, but it was bent. It was over onto the ground. It knocked over. So I had picked it up carrying my recorder of course with me picked it up and put it back up there and then acknowledged the name on it and then we have an EVP of a woman uh, I was at a woman's a grave named Catherine and um, I got an EVP of a woman saying thank you after I did that so was it Catherine I don't know was it just someone else you know in passing that thought you know saw the good deed and said you know hey thanks for doing that um, but somebody said thank you <laughs> so, you know, I try to, you know, clean, you know, grass, clean, you know, debris off. And, you know, if I see random flower hanging out and a grave doesn't have that, I'll, you know, put it there. I mean, you know. Yeah, and that's know something these, that I've always. I don't know these people, but. Right. And that's something I've always respected about you going to a lot of these cemeteries is, yeah, you know, stuff gets blown around, you know, different, you know, flowers and, you know nice little decorations that people put on stones and you know, sometimes you don't know where they're where they belong to but you like look for someone that's like where's a headstone that needs it and you'll put it right there yeah, yeah. i've also gotten evp uh i picked up a, a random flower that didn't look, match any of the other arrangements anywhere else and i picked it up and uh, someone had told me stop that i guess they didn't realize <laughs> i was going to do something good with it but um, I ended up, you know, deposited in, you know, near or on a stone that didn't have anything. Um, no, thank you, of course. <laughs> right. But I didn't know. <laughs> so uh, Don asked, do you think cemeteries are portals? It's an interesting question. So, and you might think differently. I don't know. Um, I don't think cemeteries are portals, but I think cemeteries can have portals. And one of the more interesting photos that I've seen from a cemetery, and I saw it for the first time in 2010, I guess it was taken a few years beforehand, so I was taken like mid-2000s or whatever, but it was, it was at a cemetery, and when I was shown the photo, I was also shown the actual spot at the time. This was Earlsboro Cemetery out in Oklahoma. And when you look at the photo, and I, I tried to take photos myself of it, and it was like, okay, it's not there now. But this one particular photo, it was like there was this um, bright white line that glowed, and then it kind of stretched outward like this um, by this one bush. And when you looked in between this part that it stretched out and this white line that was there, it was almost like you could see into a room. Really, really interesting photo. Um, so, yeah, that, that would most likely be a portal photo um but it obviously it, it didn't seem to be there when i was there so 
it was like one of those, okay, a portal showed up, why, I don't know, um, at that one particular point in time. So yeah, a portal can be in a cemetery, but I don't think cemeteries are portals. What do you think? I've never, I haven't had quite, you know, that many experiences with um, portals. I've caught, seen some interesting stuff on video, um, an orb. Uh, it was giving off its own source of light, like it was on video, like nobody was around. Um, but I saw it, you know, appear from out of nowhere and then go. And then it had stopped and it came back and it disappeared into the same spot that it came out of in the middle of the room. Like there was nothing there. It just, there it was, come out, stopped and was like, screw this, I'm going home. Came back. You know, went back into the little whatever it came out of. There was nothing there. You know, it was just here, over here, and then came back and the middle room disappeared. So I chalked it up to, you know, that's where it came out of. That's where it went back. You know, I didn't see it again. It just happened that one time. Um, I've always thought that it was in the cafe that that happened, you know. So I always thought that the cafe itself was some type of portal because there were different spirits in there all the time all the time like the same ones you know but then you'd hear you know new ones every time we'd go in there there'd be a new voice that we didn't recognize you know and are they all in there at the same time you know like the the main ones were there all the time but then where's all these other ones coming from you know so that's all that's all i've got (laughs) and um speaking of the cafe and portal and um, Sean Oldsmith asked, what do you think if a cemetery was on a ley line, would it be more active? Well, the the cafe was on a ley line, more active. So what do you think of a cemetery? Yeah. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't have more energy than one that's not. I mean, you know, they, you know, there's some major, you know, places that, you know, are on like the connector points of ley lines and they've got you know a lot of energy associated well, and, with and them, a lot so. of these things that make up ley lines are cemeteries so they're normally like churches cathedrals whatever but they have the cemetery right there along with them and so they are one of the points along the ley line so i think so mm-hmm. yeah um what is that donna i personally think it's creepy to wear a dead person uh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So, okay, I see where that's coming from. Stones from ashes is creepy, like hair jewelry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's some of the different customs. Are, yeah. It's going to become fashionable now to take somebody's ashes and like make a little stone out of it to wear. And I have a friend of mine that lost his infant son, and he saved part of the ashes but used the rest to mix into ink and have a t- had a tattoo made of him. So that's a little less creepy to me. I think that's, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw Donna Ashes in the jewelry. Yeah, I just saw the last comment. And Valens, thanks for inviting followers down there in Periscope. Appreciate that. So uh, from Betty, do you think some people just want to go, or do you think some people just don't want to go to a cemetery because of their fear of dying? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the entire thought of dying creeps people out, and so they don't want to go. 
Yeah, I mean, cemeteries, you know, are usually the place, you know, in scary movies, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, cemeteries, oh, there's dead people there. You know, well, what, you know, thanks to movies and stuff like that, what do you think of, you know, ghosts, which, you know, we're seeing ghosts or zombies or, you know, stuff like that. You know, that's where all the scary stuff is. But yeah, I think back in the day, like hundreds of years ago when I mean death was really more prevalent that people just weren't as fearful about cemeteries it was some place that they went to a lot because you know they would you know have a lot of children within the family and people would you know die younger deaths and you know they would they would have the wake in the home you know so it wasn't you're going to a mortuary you were doing this at home and the body would be laid out there so i think there was like a lot more acceptance of mortality back then and so going to a graveyard wasn't you know as big of a deal because it was just perpetually in your life somehow yeah i mean i don't really think cemeteries i'm not really creeped out by cemeteries um and especially not during the day but at night if something is there and it's like right up in my business or touching me and stuff like that and I can't see it you know but that that happens anywhere it doesn't have to be just at a cemetery but at a cemetery it's just a little creepier than you know other places (laughs) I mean you know because I wonder if you know when somebody have that thought it's like oh no you know there's this you know dead person that I can't see touching me so now our other's gonna do it too you know I mean so Scott Shablow, uh, cemeteries were only frightening when the dead are coming up out of the ground. And the Hagland cemeteries are really so peaceful, a great place to connect with yourself and possibly others. Yeah, they are very peaceful. Yeah. So, um, so I have one other location that I wanted to cover. And um, for those that are a bit squeamish, just give you a heads up. This might be a little squeamish for you. <laughs> so... Um, Philadelphia, I mentioned earlier. So the Mütter Museum there, of course, has some interesting uh, artifacts, some some more macabre type of things, and they have there on hand um, a corpse that is known as the Soap Woman, and basically what has happened to her, the fatty tissue is turned into this what looks like a soapy type substance. Um, it does look quite disgusting of course um that's a longer you know the longer form version of her and so this was like i said in philadelphia and i'm going to get into um where she originally came from so so the the soap woman was acquired by the mooter museum in the uh, later 1800s and some controversy there about how she was actually acquired so um her they're they're still researching who she actually was her name was lied about uh the year that she actually died uh how old she may have been so they're really discovering that she was a woman in her 30s was the uh, died in probably around the 1840s as opposed to the 1700s that sort of thing but the one part of it that is true is that downtown philadelphia there had been many many cemeteries and they were 
removing those cemeteries so that they could make other quote-unquote improvements downtown so they were digging up the bodies and moving them and so this was one of them um just the conditions were particularly right for that to happen there was her and a uh, male that that it also happened to and i believe he ended up with the smithsonian the mooter museum ended up with with this particular uh corpse and so and give you kind of a look here about one of the more historic uh cities in our country so not really sure if she came out of one of these cemeteries but you can see here in the middle there's three different cemeteries so there's um, the church burying ground, what it says there, Quakers burying ground, and then there's another one I can't quite see there. It might, it might say Presbyterian burying ground. Um, well, right now there's only one of those that are actually left, and that's the Christchurch burial ground. The others, well, the Quaker is, well, I guess it's between uh, 4th Street and the Starbucks there. <laughs> and the Presbyterian burial ground was, well, there's the National Constitution Center, and so it would have been on that land there. So you see this you know, big city arise, and you know, all these smaller graveyards are you know, dealt away with. And instead of you know okay so you could say well you know they were moving the bodies yeah they were moving the bodies but apparently they were also selling some of the corpses so this woman who was buried possibly nicely <laughs> i'm guessing in one of these cemeteries you know not only was her grave desecrated to move the graveyard but then she was sold you know, just because of how she, well, didn't de decompose. And so now you have this whole trade going in there of bodies out of a cemetery. That's that's messed up. Yeah. I mean, that's just disrespectful, even on more levels than some of the other ones we've seen. So, yeah, no, nothing is sacred to some people, apparently. Yeah, so... Yeah, lost cemetery, but now also, I mean, just a person totally lost to history. Had no idea who she is, and they're—I mean—they're trying to backtrack her, and you know, they're—they're they're never going to come up with a name for her. The name that was attached to her originally was phony, because the guy fabricated the story about where she came from and who she was. So to put a name to her is going to be impossible, and they're just now deducing, you know, her—you know—age and you know, medical condition and, and all of that stuff. So. You know, that's, that's just, I mean, sad. So how many other people did that happen to? We know, okay, there's a male, you know, one other person in that particular condition. But, you know, we've heard in the past stories of, you know, grave robbers and, you know, digging up corpses for, you know, you hate to say it, but there was a certain point in time in our history where to progress medically they were going up there and digging up bodies you know and getting the cadavers in you know cutting into them to learn more about the human body because it was otherwise against religion to do something like that i know of another one um it's actually a place that we've never been to that i want to i've been there like twice um it's called uh miles tomb it's eagles cliff eagles point i have to look it up i should have done it before the show um in columbia 
There's a Columbia, Illinois, and a Columbia, Missouri. So I'm going to have to look it up. But anyway, it's there's the cemetery, and then um, there's this called Eagles Point. It's it's uh, there's a mausoleum, a crypt, up on top, and it's beautiful up there. It's got a wonderful view. Um, but anyway, um, Stephen Miles is his name, and he was buried inside this crypt with his family and some of his. Um, uh, hired help and some servants uh, so they were all buried in there buried with their jewels buried with everything mm -hmm. and grave robbers got in there broke open the crypts and took all of the um, all of the treasures that they had found in there and then uh, put the bodies um, and just made a pyre up just threw them in and just burned them right there on the site um, so the cemetery itself is beautiful but and then also over the years, um, people had gotten in there with graffiti and spray paint, you know, the whole outside of it and on the inside and stuff like that too. So, um, not that it was forgotten really, but it was really desecrated. Well, now they have like a, you know, something set up for people to, you know, donate and clean the place up and, and all that. So at least it hasn't been totally forgotten. You know, but just right. some of the things that, you know, people do to disrespect uh, burial sites is just. Well, and grave robbery has been around for eternity. Yeah. Because as people know that, you know, a lot of corpses are buried with valuables and they'll dig them up. See, see what, you know, what people have. Right. So, you know, I suppose it doesn't, at least in our country, it doesn't happen so much these days but in a lot of other countries especially that have a uh, a deeper history you know that still happens you know people are looking for you know ancient gold and things like that you know i suppose you know if it happened in our country today i mean you're saying that okay it happened there you know they're probably you know had some valuables like jewels or um you know maybe a a, a nice pocket watch or something like that you know so, so that's sad you know, but, um, you know, it was I, before it was like the ancient Egyptians that were getting, you know, those graves were getting robbed. So, um, an unfortunate byproduct of selfish people. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Donna Gordon, where's my golden arm? Yeah. So Donna remembers <laughs> that, that ghost story. That was, oh my gosh, that was, um, I, I told that one as a Friday night ghost, right? The, the golden arm, uh, ghost story. So, just real quick, um, yeah. The uh, the farmer's wife died. She had a she had an arm that was made out of gold, and um, you know she made him promise all the time that you know whenever she passes to make sure she's buried with with her golden arm. And so you know one day she does pass, and he buries her with with her golden arm. Uh, but he grew so depressed that she was gone that he let the farm go to crap. And so he you know, he was. He was basically losing his farm, lost his money, you know, livestock was dying, all that stuff. And so in order to, you know, keep going, he needed some money. And so he knew that golden arm was back there. And so he went and he dug it up one night. And, um, you know, there's, it, it's really, you, ha you have to tell it with the whole creepy buildup and where he gets, um, 
I guess, grabbed, for lack of a better term. Um, Mark Twain um, used it as an example all the time of a, uh, of a fantastic example of, of storytelling. And so um, that was one in first grade. It really you know, kind of inspired me on this path that uh, when we had story time and drank our milk and all that, that was one of the class favorites was the story of the Golden Arm. So, um, yeah, and there's Diane Hilbert, Golden Arm is a great story. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, um, and this is from Tim Schoen at Shaw, Eagles Point Surveying. If so, it's Columbia, Missouri. It's probably so, Columbia, Missouri. Probably Columbia, Missouri. I have pictures of it. I'm so, going to look it up. So, um, yeah, everybody keeps saying you need a mic. I know we're going to get her. I know. I'm it's, sorry. It's actually supposed to arrive tomorrow, by the way. Oh. <laughs> so, so be patient. So, But with the mail around here, that means it's probably be Friday. Yeah, since it's kind of like Pony Express around here. Yeah. And so uh, Betty's saying, uh, Mike, many ghost stories are based off of true events. Yeah, they don't know the original author of that. Um, it's a story that's been told for centuries um, like I said, Mark Twain used to use it as an example uh, of storytelling. So, um, yeah, B3 Airspace, Where Is My Golden Arm was a great campfire story. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. Yep. So, Tom McNicholas, Shauna has a mic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's I like funny. that, Tom. That, that was pretty good. <laughs> so Chipper Terry says, Friday Night Ghost Rides, Mike is a good, a good storyteller. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, so we've got uh, Buddha down in there in uh, Periscope laughing. All right. Very cool. Thank you. And uh, Lynn's is still down there as well. Thanks for joining us down there at Periscope as well. Appreciate that. So, um, all right. Um, I think a yeah, penguin Mike. We're not even going to get into that. Not this time. Not this time. So, <laughs> Kathy Sillian to another good story. If the log rolls over, I'll be dead. <laughs> nice. Um, all it's right. In Did Eagle, you find it? Eagle Cliff Cemetery it, is located off D Road, just south of where HH Road intersects with D Road in rural Monroe County, uh, south of Columbia, Illinois. Cool. It's in Illinois. This is... Is that near the one where the lady walks into the Waffle House? They have the apparition of that one cemetery where she walks into the Waffle House. Because it's like right next door. I think that was also Columbia, right? I have never heard of that. We were there when we went to Moberly. We visited that cemetery. It was raining on us. No, that's not the one. But is it close to there? I don't know. Don't know. Okay. But yeah, that's. Oh, that's a that looks like a pyramid, and then here, can you blow it up on your phone? Maybe. There we go. Let's see, I don't know how well you guys might be able to see that, but it looks like a pyramid, and then the facade is almost Romanesque. Yeah. So I'll... it's like crossing two cultures together. That's kind of cool. And in the 1960s, a satanic cult broke in there. Or sometime during the 1950s, vandals desecrated the tomb, stole jewelry, and damaged the bodies of the family. And then in the 60s, um, 
Supposedly a satanic cult burned the rest of their remains Ooh. in a bizarre attempt to resurrect them from the dead. Oh my god. So. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, um, from Candy, our submissions for paranormals, uh, for encounters with paranormals uh, over tonight. So, yeah, so this is the last day for the submissions for the encounters with the paranormal. So, um, make sure to get it in. Candy, you got yours in. I haven't even started. Shh, don't tell them that. I know. <laughs> That's so, we've actually had a lot of submissions this time, which is great. So, I really do appreciate that. So, um, a lot of you down there have submitted those stories, which is fabulous. So, we're going to have a pretty thick tome this time around, which is good. So, and I mean, the whole idea behind that, I mean, yes, we're, we're helping the historic location that's featured on there, which this time around is the Ferry Plantation, but also um, to share those stories, those personal experiences that we've all had so that somebody reading the book can relate to one of us or maybe a couple of us, of us and be like, hey, I've had that same experience. I'm not crazy after all. So that's kind of the idea. So Sean Oldsmith, did I get yours? Um, did I? I'll have to go back. Where did you send it? Did you email it to haunted at hauntedroadmedia.com? I've I can't remember everybody that sent one in. <laughs> so, um, all right. Um, how do you submit one? So just uh, email it to haunted at hauntedroadmedia.com. So anywhere from, you know, 500 to 1500 words, you know, so it could be short or long, uh, whichever, whichever you want, whatever it is, whatever it takes to tell your story. So. But if it's just two sentences, you know, <laughs> like, oh, you know, I saw, you know, a shadow by the tree. You know, that's probably not going to work for a story, but yeah. Um, yeah, Sean Gilmore, <laughs> your, your story was submitted a long time ago. Yeah, um, I do have yours, Sean. So because yours was one of the first, I remember. Um, Tammy Heitzman, are you using mine? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's Spooky has a good one. Um, Sean Oldsmith, you emailed it to there. Okay, so I should have it. So, um, let's see. Robert, does it count if you saw a ghost at a prison? Yeah. Well, whatever your experience is. You know, if it's a ghost at a prison, cemetery, you know, if you saw, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, could be, um, like Cat Gashton, uh, you know, uh, little colonial boy, Shaughnessy and Byron. I had a shadow person experience, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, somebody, uh, you know, submitted a story about uh, some family members, you know, so, um, so whatever it is, whatever your experience is, you know, because we've all had different experiences within the paranormal. And so, and that's the great thing about it is because we all have had different experiences and there's all kinds of other people out there that have had many different experiences. Somewhere along the line, they're going to relate and be like, oh, that person had that experience. But if I just wrote about all my experiences, because I typically see a lot of shadows, well, somebody that doesn't see a lot of shadows isn't really going to relate to the experiences that I've had, but they might be able to relate to one of yours. And that's the idea. So... Um, yeah, all right. Um, so I think that will probably, um, 
I think that'll about do it. So we can go ahead and get into the shout-outs. <laughs> My throat lasted longer this time, which is good. <clears throat> okay, so Super Chat Superstars. Tom McNicholas and Andrew Cox, thank you very much for being Super Chat super, Superstars tonight. Really do appreciate it. And so, um, Donald Gordon, thank you for Cheshire Cat chatting the chat tonight. Really appreciate you sending over all the questions. Um, Sean Gilmore, thanks for joining us tonight. B3 Airspace um, is waiting for you to acknowledge him. Spooks, my cat just told me that. Okay. Say hello <laughs> to Spooks the cat. Is that what I'm missing? Yes. Hello, Spooks the cat. Spooks the cat is watching and listening. Oh, see, I missed all that. I remember it from, I saw it during the last show where one of them was just very intently paying attention to the to the show. Oh, okay. Maybe it sensed that uh, William was on there. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. See, I, I missed some of this stuff. Man, I got to pay more attention. Mm-hmm. $20 super chat from BD Flint says, great show. Thank you very much, BD. Absolutely appreciate that. BD Flint is also one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. So let's let's do the deep down the rabbit hole Patreon patrons. Yeah. All right. So we have Tom McNicholas, uh, B3 Aerospace, Zippy Davis, BD Flint, Pamela Queen, Don Francisco, and Andrew Cox. There we go. <laughs> Got y'all. <laughs> so I uh, really do appreciate that. All right. So um, so let's get into the shout out. So yeah, BD Flynn's there. Pamela Rainey, thank you very much. Susan Sack, thanks for joining us again. Tammy Heitzman, thank you as well. You guys have some great questions tonight, by the way. And just Tracy, Tracy Christian, and thank you as well. Dawn, Spooky Spectacular. Um, let's see, we got Linz. Linz White was uh, supporting us both here on uh, YouTube and down there in Periscope. Thanks to those who are watching in Periscope this evening. Buddha, gotcha down there as well. Uh, Candy Orton, thanks for joining us tonight. As always, really do appreciate that. Um, there's Betty Lange. Thanks, Betty. Uh, you and Wayne have a good evening. Um, let's see, there's Chipper Terry. Thank you. Um, saying two great shows. Everyone have a safe and wonderful week. You too. The Hagland, thanks for joining us tonight. Fun show, he says. Imbla Buddha 61. Uh, do appreciate that. There's Sean Gilmore again. Um, who else do we have here? We have uh, it's a pretty lively chat. There's Dustin Samario. Thank you, Dustin. And there's the Fairy Queen, Diane Hilbert. Thank you very much. Um, and Linz is saying goodnight down at Periscope. Thanks. The chat is still showing up. Even though the, the video is hung up, the <laughs> chat is still showing up. <laughs> Robert White, thanks for joining us tonight. And yeah, if you do want to get a story out real quick... Um, I'll, I'll take it tomorrow if <laughs> that's fine uh, if you don't have uh well i mean you're on a completely different time universe than us i don't even it's it's probably like three weeks from now in your time zone so <laughs> <laughs> um there's sean oldsmith thanks sean um let's see who else do we have um there's carrie parish um Carrie didn't have enough energies tonight. Yeah, uh, continued positive energy for Carrie. He has been uh, dealing with a lot of health issues lately here. So, PSPR Paranormal Pursuits. Thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, where's... Um, 
and hope Pung Guy Fung Guy wasn't here somewhere. So, um, so I'll just say Pung Guy Fung Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, early on, um, Breaking Fate Entertainment was in here as well. So, uh, really do appreciate them. So go ahead. And we will be hanging out <coughs> with them this weekend. Yep. At uh, Spook Show Con. So we, I said at the beginning we were going to talk about that later on. So Spook Show yep. Con, August 3rd and 4th. So that's Friday and Saturday in Mattoon, Illinois at the uh, Cross County Mall. So I, I guess I'm actually speaking on Saturday at 3.30. So um, I'll be talking shadow people because that's, that's what I'm doing this year, shadow we'll, people. We'll go live. We'll go live from there at some point. Yeah. I'll be manning the table. Mm-hmm. So... If you're in that area, come see us. Yep, yep. A lot of great people are going to be there this time too. So and uh, Buddha's thanks and, to Tom for the hookup. Yes, thank you, Tom McNicholas and Buddha XXX is inviting followers down in Periscope. Thank you very much, Buddha. Appreciate that. Um, Serenable is in the house. Thanks for joining us, Serenable. There's Tim Schoen. Thank you as well, Kathy Siliento. Thank you. Um, who else do we have? Um, I'm going to scroll all the way back down. So there we go. All right. So any last minute people here? I think that's probably going to be about it. Uh, Scott Shablau. Uh, thank you very much, Scott, for joining us tonight. And thanks for the good questions. All right. And uh, oh, there's Katie Palmer. Okay. So Katie was in here at the end too. Cool. All right, everybody. Oh, and Tillery coming in at the end. Adam. <laughs> so Adam Tillery is representing Hunter Road Media this weekend at the KC Paracon. Very cool. Thank you very much, Adam. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. You have a great night. Uh, next week we have on um, John DeSouza. So, um, former FBI agent. He's an X-Files type of guy. Um, he's actually worked those types of cases. So um, there's a couple of different books out there. Uh, so be very, very interesting. And then our uh, Inside the Upside Down will be Slender Man. So we'll get that coming up. All right. Okay. You guys have a great night. And we will see you. Well, we'll see some of you this coming weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Till next time.